This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This is the Miller Report with Suzanne Miller on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And now, here's Suzanne Miller. Welcome to the Miller Report. I'm Suzanne Miller. The Miller Report is a real estate podcast. Every week we have leaders. We have leaders from all types of industries in real estate, primarily in New York. We've got retail, we've got commercial, we've got restaurants. This week, I think we have somebody that everybody's going to relate to, and that is beauty. Today, I'm so proud to have with us Mally Bernstein from Blue Mercury. Mally is a Harvard grad. She also has 20 years of retail experience. And I have to tell you a funny story, Mally. On Thursday, I was on WABC Morning Show with Sid. And he was starting to ask me some questions about the Miller Report, like what guests I've had, who was on. So I started to tell him I've had Eric Repair from the Bernadette, a famous chef, Dale Schlather from Cushman and Wakefield. He is the chief executive vice chairman. I started to talk about Joe Farrell, one of the largest developers in the Hamptons. And then I said, upcoming is Mally Bernstein from Blue Mercury. Oh my God, Mally. He went insane. He's like, Blue Mercury, my wife, she is obsessed. She knows every single Blue Mercury item in those stores. It's like really crazy. Really, he just like had to stop to talk about Blue Mercury. I was so flattered. So Mally, I know that in 1999, you had two stores basically online. And today there are 180 stores. You're doing about 300 million annually. And it's just like, booming. Like, tell us the story. Thank you, Suzanne. It's humbling to be here and humbling to be among the guests you referenced. Blue Mercury has always been a disruptor in beauty. It actually started online before it went in stores, and that was in the 90s. And so it started out disrupting not only by the channel that it came out with, but also in bringing together cutting-edge brands that were hard to find and doing that curation work for the clients. In addition, Blue Mercury was a breakthrough model because it was also so highly serviced and highly personable. And as a result, it was always about the client and the client's needs and then identifying the brands that match those needs. And so what's exciting about being a part of Blue Mercury is that we are constantly looking to evolve with the industry and we are looking to continue to disrupt the industry. And now post-pandemic is another time for that. So you want to disrupt the industry. So like, how do you compare? What gives you the competing edge of, let's say, like Sephora or Ulta? Like, tell us. Yeah, so when we think about Blue Mercury, it's in our name. For example, when we think about the color blue, we think about your beauty as being nuanced and profound, like the depths of the ocean. And when we think of mercury, we think of liquid mercury and how your beauty is ever evolving, fluid, ready to transform. And so that's transforming by season, that's transforming by life stage. So Blue Mercury has always been about identifying your individual beauty needs and making sure that we evolve to meet those needs. And so how we do it differently than everybody else is that we are hyper-focused on providing personalized service with the curation of 
products and brands that have proven results in a local luxury setting. I have to tell you, folks, she's not bullshitting because I used to live on 51st and 1st. And every morning I would walk past a Blue Mercury store on 2nd Avenue. And I had to stop there every single day, like literally every day. It was like my break, whether I was coming home from work or going to work. And I would go in, the girls knew me and they would sit me down. You know, when you're buying makeup, you want to go in and out. They would never let me. I had to go and get a new makeover. The customer service that you have in these stores was really off the charts. How do you train and how do you find these people? Yeah, you know, because our model is because it is so heavily dependent on the relationships. We really look for candidates who are invested in listening to our clients and learning about our clients and making sure that our candidates are also really passionate about delivering the best service possible and really passionate about beauty, especially if they're curious. Because if they're curious, then not only do they come to us with that passion for beauty, but then they also are so receptive to the education and training that we provide because beauty never stands still beauty is ever changing. And we want to make sure that they're up to date on the latest and greatest trends and the newest brands. And so making sure that there's a passion, but a curiosity for beauty, as well as a passion for a client service, that's who we look for. And we're plugged into the local networks and the industry to make sure we're finding the best teams for the neighborhoods. So you didn't have a trouble finding the staff during the pandemic? You know, we were really lucky to have such a loyal, dedicated colleague base. And as a result, uh, the combination of just keeping our team that we had and refreshing our team as well with additional passionate members who are excited about being brand agnostic and excited about working across categories and really focusing on the client and what the client needs has been a winning model for us. So Mally, how do you train these people to like to sit me down and put my makeup on and do it with a smile and over and over again? Is there like a, they go to class, like tell take us through that. Yeah. So when we train, it's a combination of our dedicated training and education team that we had, as well as the partnerships that we have with our brands. Our brands work with us as one team. And together, what we do is make sure that we provide training at every step of the colleague's experience with us. So even when I started, I got full days of training on the brands that we have, on the ingredients, on the key concerns. And then at the same time, even our central team is encouraged to work in the stores so that we experience what our clients are looking for and we experience what our colleagues are going through in the field. And so for us, training is not a one and done. It starts from the moment anybody joins to throughout their time with us because we want to make sure with our brand partners, we're keeping everybody up to date on what the latest and greatest is in beauty. So I know your background is digital. And I would imagine during the pandemic, people came, they didn't have to come in. They just ordered their, I didn't even get a manicure. So people just ordered what they were used to ordering. How did Blue Mercury do during the pandemic? And do you see the numbers back from 2019? So during During the pandemic, like many businesses, right, we saw an initial dip as everybody was trying to make sense of what to do during the lockdown. But within a few months, it became very apparent that people were back to their beauty and personal care needs. And uh, we saw like many retailers, a spike in our digital business. And it was a very important time to be an omni-channel retailer. And The good news is that as we've come out of the pandemic, what we've seen uh, as well, though, is that there was an incredible return to our stores. We saw it first in suburban. Now we're seeing it in urban. But there's been a complete return and more to our stores, as well as the continuation of digital. And so that's helped us to become a bigger, stronger business that we are today, being that omnichannel retailer. So you see urban coming back. We've seen it already come back. 
That's great news. So I, I hope everybody's listening to this question because it's really important. So Mally, how do you choose your locations? That's a great question. For us, our retail strategy leads our real estate strategy. And our retail strategy is to be very much client-led. We are targeting the modern confident who is seeking sophistication, who is seeking thought partnership, who loves to explore what's new in beauty. And as a result, when we think about our consumer who is a luxury shopper through and through, what we look for is where is the concentration of these clients? And then we seek to be in their neighborhood so that we can be a part of their lives. And as a result, that client service model is what leads our real estate strategy because we want to be close to that consumer. We want to be in their neighborhood. We want to be able to offer the service that helps them to address their concerns in life. And we want to make sure that we provide the curation as an additional element of service in their stores. So is there a mathematical equation in doing this? You know, it's always an art and science. We very much have such great relationships with our landlords because together we build out the locations and we commit to each other through the good and the bad and through the long term. And as a result, we found landlords to be incredible partners to not only the success of our locations, but building out our fleet. And in terms of the mathematical model, there will always be the science of it where we want to make sure that once we got the clientele right, right, the right type of uh, shoppers that um, want what we offer, we then, of course, want to make sure that the density of traffic is there. We want to make sure the right co-tenants are there. It gets into the science of picking the right location. So let's just take a real-life example of this, because this is such an important question. Because, again, on this show, we have many landlords, and people are going to be listening to this. Like, what would a company like yours look for? So let's take a real-life example. Let's say I have a location on you know, in the Bowery, and it's 2,000 square feet, and we're looking for a tenant. All these brokers, they're so good at what they do. They're running around and they're trying to find a tenant and they call on you, what what happens then? Take us through it. We'd want to understand whether or not our target consumer is there. And when we say there, we want to make sure that the density of target mm. consumers is there so that the traffic flow into the store will be there. Mm-hmm. We also want to understand who are the other co-tenants in the area. That mm-hmm. makes sense because our consumer would be shopping those brands in mm-hmm. addition to our brands. Further, we also want to make sure that we understand what the landlord's commitments are in terms of building out our location and that community so that we're both going to be successful. So when we look at a location, we want to make sure that it matches what our business strategy is. And we want to make sure that the retailers we're co-located with and the landlords that we're basically marrying to <laughs> are, are going to be in it with us for the long term. So let's just talk about some key locations. Let's say like the boroughs versus, let's say, New York City versus Brooklyn, Queens. How are you seeing those? Yeah, so for us, what we find is that the more that we're in the neighborhoods where our clients are based, the better. Now, is that suburban or urban? For us, suburban is where we do best because we are much more a part of the residents' lives. Now, it's not to say that urban isn't a core part of our strategy. It absolutely is in the right neighborhoods. But for us, we want to make sure the density of clients is there first and foremost. Would you ever take space like the old days where you would just take high rents where you could just get like billboards to advertise for tourists, even though you know the density is not there necessarily, would you take space just for the advertising to attract tourists? You know, we think that uh, there are 
if different ways to spend in marketing your brand mm-hmm. for sure. When it comes to real estate, first and foremost, we want to make sure it's the right investment with the right return after solving for the client uh, base that makes sense for us and the density of those clients, which only reinforces our confidence in getting that right return. And so for us, in terms of doing it for marketing purposes, that is not something mm-hmm. that we would do going forward. We want to make sure that we serve, we exist to mm. serve clients first and foremost, as opposed to tourists. Tourists is something that we absolutely welcome and benefit from, but our first priority is to the residents of the neighborhoods. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So are you looking to open new stores? We are. We are always on the lookout for the right neighborhoods, the right landlords, and the right markets to be entering. Could you give us some juicy ideas, like where? You know, the great news about us is that we are in many locations throughout Mm -hmm. the country, and in many of them, we want to continue to densify to make sure that we are attracting the most consumers we can that are our target shoppers in that market. And so as a result, when you think about the markets that we're in today, there are markets that we want to continue to grow in. And there are markets that are lookalike markets to what we're in today that we want to consider with the right neighborhoods, the right landlords and the right economic models uh, tomorrow. Well, specifically, are you interested in any more New York locations? So specifically in New York, I mean, The great news about New York and area is that we haven't penetrated the full potential. And so we are absolutely always looking at New York as we are in D.C., as we are in Boston, as we are in other major locations where we're successful today. We're always on the lookout for the right opportunities and always open. Are all my landlords listening to this? So not such a pleasant question, but I also noticed that you closed one of my favorite stores on 51st and 2nd. Why would you close? So for us, we want to make sure that we're also optimizing the fleet. In New York in particular, we've had some locations quite close to other locations. And as a result, there was an opportunity to close some of them and Mm. consolidate that client base. And uh, the great news is we have seen that transfer. And so for us, knowing that we want to get into the right neighborhoods, but as I've mentioned, we also want to have the right landlord and economics to make sure that when we are in a neighborhood, we are close enough to densify, but far enough to make sure that we're attracting separate neighborhoods and client bases. So that went seamless? That's right. The great news is that we did see what we had expected, Mm -hmm. which is the transfer of our client base. That's great adjacent locations. Loyal customers. Exactly. And that's the heart of our model is that 
in driving the best client service, we're hoping to drive the best loyalty. Well, specifically, again, I read a lot about Blue Mercury. And one of the products that you have, people are talking so much about clean, green, pure products. You have this product, M61. Mm -hmm. What is it? And tell us, why is it so popular? So M61 is an exclusive brand that we have. And one of the reasons why it's so popular is because it's based on creating products that actually have come from the ideas of our clients and our colleagues. And so it's actually a co-creation with our community. And part of the reason why it is so popular in stores is because it is about maximum results with minimal time. And as we think about the level of clinical results that we focus on in making sure that those products are going to deliver the intended benefits, people look to not only the benefits, but they're also excited about the transparency and definition we have around clean against M61. So for M61, we focus on being vegan and gluten-free. We focus on being cruelty-free. We are free from sulfates, parabens, and phthalates. We're also free of synthetic fragrances and dyes. And so when we look at M61, not only are you getting the clinical results, not only are you getting the clean and green definition that we provided, but it's also what the clients and colleagues have been asking for. And so we're playing back to them the co-creation of products that they've been searching. It's interesting because my daughter, when I was telling her I was doing this, she said, I use M61. A lot of the younger generation, they're all using this. Is this your biggest seller? You know, it's one of our very top brands. And what's exciting about it is the growth that it's seen over the years. Do you think that the FDA will ever come in and regulate these clean products because of expiration dates? I think as consumers increasingly get concerned and um, spend much more time thinking about how products are made, how they're sourced, how the ingredients affect them and the implications of their purchases, I think it's quite possible that the FDA will start Mm. uh, creating regulations. Well, that'll make it more important. So, Mally, you've done such a great job. You're growing this so fast. How How do you see yourself continuing to win customers like in the next decade? Like what's the future for Blue Mercury? For us, it's a very exciting future because we are going to double down on our ethos. So we're going to double down on our highly personalized service, double down on the curation of high quality, high performance brands with proven results and double down on our local luxury experience and doing that while evolving with the clients and their changing needs. So I, I get that. I really do. But I, I still, I'm curious if you've gone so far, you've done so well. Is there another brand you're coming up with? Like, how are you going to win it? How are you going to keep going? So for us, when we think about growth, right, it's going to come from continuing to grow with the number of clients we mm. have by looking at the growth in our neighborhoods that we're in, right? By continuing to look at what are the additional brands, what are the additional categories that our clients are looking for. So it all comes back down to our client-centric model. Love it, Melly. That's very helpful. So I ask each person at the end of these podcasts, because people, it's got to be inspirational. And I ask them specifically, what advice would you give a new brand that's small, that's coming into the market, that wants to be like a blue mercury or expand like you have? What advice can you tell a young company? What's your purpose? Why do you exist What do you stand for and how does what you offer uniquely differentiate from what's out there? So what's your 
purpose. And then if I were to offer one more, it's to balance the short and long term. Because as small companies, it's very easy to focus on today, this week, next month. But thinking about the people, the technology, and the capabilities that you're going to need over the years will help to make sure that not only are you planning to win today, but that you're going to sustain and last tomorrow and beyond. Well, thank you so much, Molly. Thank you. And I want everybody to know that Blue Mercury is the place to shop and get your beauty needs. Thank you, Molly, for coming on the Miller Report. Please don't forget to get the inner secrets of decision making that goes into choosing a location for an anchor tenant like Blue Mercury. Folks, don't forget to download and subscribe to the Miller Report. Dear listeners, thank you for coming on my podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please download, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.